Welcome to Parenting Decoded, a podcast for practical approaches to parenting. I'm Mary Eschen. This week, during the coronavirus shelter-in-place, it seems my mom friends really need some guidance in getting their kids to listen and obey them. They're using good techniques like choices and setting limits, but their kids aren't responding. They're just ignoring their parents and doing whatever they please. Moms are pulling their hair out in complete frustration if they aren't locking themselves in the bathroom for a good cry. Well, folks, this podcast is for you. I'm going to first talk about the concept of punishment, what it means and brings about versus consequences, and why they are different and more desirable. I'll then go into how to determine if there are natural consequences readily available or if you need to figure out another type of unrelated consequence to use instead. With that said, let's dive in. First, let's talk about the concept of punishment. Typically in parenting, we think of a punishment coming as the result of some bad, undesirable behavior. Hitting a sibling, stealing food from the pantry, talking back, not cleaning up a mess, using electronics without permission, or staying on them longer than allowed, not wearing a helmet when getting on a bike, or breaking a toy, forgetting a backpack, or losing something. The list of possible bad behaviors is endless and constantly expanding, of course. In response, a parent dishes out a punishment, which varies between time out, getting sent to your room, washing your mouth out with soap, taking away electronics, putting locks on pantry doors, maybe even a spanking, or for older kids, there's the classic, getting grounded. In our gut, we want all of our kids to respect what we say and to immediately respond. When this doesn't happen, the inner drill sergeant in us shows up on the scene and doles out punishment for not obeying. We will be mad and might even yell, Go to your room! Give me that iPad! You're grounded! When our kids are younger, say 0 to 12, we're bigger and louder than they are, and their resistance to our yelling and punishment can be less difficult. By the time they are teens they start yelling back in a louder and more powerful way. No matter what punishment you give, no matter how loud you give it, it amazes you the very next day that they do the same thing all over again. This punishment thing just makes the anger and frustration grow in us as well. The cycle is endless. The punishment doesn't seem to get into the hearts and minds of our kids, does it? How do we make it sink in? so that they know we're serious about whatever the rule is that we're trying to have them embrace. I want you to put your mind into the mind of a child who just got her electronics taken away for a week. Do you know what they're thinking about all week? Is it about how they shouldn't be playing electronics in their bedroom because it's not safe? Or or is it because that you're a mean mom? When you put your child into a five-minute timeout in the corner for hitting their brother, What are they thinking? That they should have used their words instead of their fists when their sibling took their toy away? Or that you're mean and they hate their sibling and it wasn't their fault? You're mean. We see time and again that although the behavior might be stopped temporarily, there is no change in the heart of our kids and they have learned to endure the punishments we dole out. So what I'd like to propose to you is how to use consequences as a way to help our kids learn in their hearts that some things aren't worth the hassle and they have choices in life as to what good and bad behaviors they want to do. 
Sometimes parents luck out, and there are what we call natural consequences for behavior that, if we allow them to sink in without yelling and scolding, are a perfect way to accomplish getting into the hearts of our kids. Let me tell you an example to illustrate. One mom saw that her eight-year-old had left a new soccer ball outside in the yard. This ball was a recent birthday present. When mom mentioned to her son that their dogs might chew up and ruin the ball, her son did nothing. Yep, nothing. He just ignored her. Sure enough, her son came in the house a few hours later, upset that their large dogs had popped his ball. They had to go to the store to buy a new one. Here's what she might have said. Oh my gosh, I told you that would happen. Why didn't you get it when I told you earlier? You never take care of your toys. This makes me so mad. You never pay attention to me. There's no way I'm going to the store. Her son probably would have cried and maybe shut up. But what did the mom accomplish? I suggest not much. Instead, however, what this mom really did was she gave him empathy and love. Oh, this is so sad. That was your new ball. What do you think you're going to do about it? Since she was a love and logic mom, she started following the problem-solving technique that she learned in class. Perfect. He had no idea what to do. Would he like some ideas about what some kids might do? Sure, he said. They talked about a few. Buy a new ball with his birthday money? Nah. Go use another ball. Nah, he didn't feel like playing ball right now anyway. Well, good luck with that, she said. Yep, no scolding. No telling him what to do. She let him know it was a problem and that he needed to solve it. She allowed the problem to be his, not hers. So as a result, she wasn't the bad guy in the story like she always used to be. You know what her son decided to do in the end? Nothing. Yep, nothing. He didn't really want that ball anyway. He had plenty of other balls. But he decided he was going to be more careful about leaving the other ones outside where the dogs might get them. Natural consequences like this can be really powerful if we let them happen and keep our anger and resentment out of the way. Powerful life lessons are there for the taking. If our kids spill milk all over the table, we let them clean it up. If they are young, we might need to help them, but we allow them to own the problem. Our natural reaction is to rush in and clean, 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 but we rob our kids of the opportunity of learning when we do that. Yes, there is milk dripping all over the table and floor. Yes, it's inconvenient, but this has been happening regularly because your daughter hasn't been careful. She reaches too far and knocks things over. We lovingly say, Wow, this is so sad. All that milk has spilled. Can you please clean that up with the towel over by the sink? The real problem isn't the spilled milk. It's your daughter not being aware of her surroundings. With a natural consequence, your daughter learns that every time she is careless, there might be a mess to clean up, and messes take time, and they are often yucky, and who wants that? If you let her clean up with love and empathy in your voice, the lesson will make it into her heart. She won't be thinking about how mean you are for making her clean up and then sending to her, her to her room because she was careless. Instead, we lovingly thank her for cleaning up and then proceed with our dinner. The natural consequence is enough. No need to make it more. In another instance, a four-year-old boy, when he was mad, he would pee on the floor in his room. 
Mom would struggle and fight with him to change his clothes and resentfully clean up the mess. However, she finally saw the natural consequence to his poor decision to pee in his room. She decided the choice was his to pee, so he should clean it up and change himself. No struggles needed. The next time it happened, she lovingly gave him some towels and told him he could come out of his room as soon as he cleaned it up and changed. She left him there. She was calm. About 15 minutes later, a new boy with a completely different attitude and a sense of independence came out of that room where so many battles had previously occurred. She let him own it. She wasn't the bad guy. She offered love and empathy. In the last example, one of my own sons got his license when he turned 16. He was driving one day through a yellow light that was turning red at a popular intersection. He heard sirens and was being pulled over. Oh my, his heart was beating so fast. He didn't want to talk to a cop. The police officer gave him a citation for running a red light. He came home and told me about it right away. I took it in calmly, telling myself that I didn't get a ticket. He did. He complained a bit that the light was yellow, but he knew that was a pretty weak argument. This was the perfect natural consequence that had months of ramifications. Even I learned a few things in the process. Did you know that running a red light is a moving violation and it's in a different category than a speeding ticket? And those are really expensive? And they don't tell you how expensive they are until you get a letter in the mail, which takes about a month? My son had a month to wait to figure out the first part of his natural consequence. It was a $600 fine. Ouch, that was really going to drain his savings account, wasn't it? It was his ticket, not mine. I pay for my tickets, my kids pay for theirs. Next, traffic school. He got to learn how to sign up. Then he had to pay for that too, something like another $60. Then he had to finish the class within 60 days. That was the tough part for me. I was biting my tongue trying not to remind him to do anything. If he didn't finish on time, he'd, he'd get another lesson about what happens when you don't finish things that were important, right? I know he'd survive whatever it was that they'd throw at him. Luckily, however, he actually wound up finishing on time. Phew, good for me. <laughs> you know what? After all that, not only did he become a safer driver, but so did his younger brother, who was sitting in the seat next to him at the time. Ha! I got a twofer! Both boys in one lesson. Yay! No battles, no yelling, but lots of love and acceptance that all of us make mistakes. And with love, we can learn how to get through them. How many of us know a parent who would have paid the ticket, signed their kid up for traffic school, and paid for that too, then sit next to their kid to make sure they did it the online class on time, nagging them the whole time? Use natural consequences early and often in the lives of your children. The love and lessons will do well in building up a long-term relationship of trust and respect between you and your child. Now, for the tough one. What if there is no natural consequence to a behavior, or your child refuses to take responsibility for a behavior? Or if your child just keeps doing the same thing over and over, no matter what you throw at them? This is a major problem, 
and so common in just about every household, even if you keep your calm and use love and empathy, which itself is a challenge. Maybe some of these, like hit your sister, play longer on electronics than is allowed, get on a bike without a helmet, scream at your parents, download an app you're not supposed to have, get caught vaping, break curfew. All of these behaviors are clearly problems, and we can certainly take away privileges, but that just doesn't seem to work. Our kids don't learn in their hearts anything except we're mean, we're trying to control them, and we have stupid rules. Younger kids who lose their toys or a bike for a few days, they complain and whine, but they survive it and live to disobey another day. They might even be thinking subconsciously something like, that punishment wasn't so bad, and hey... Sometimes mom or dad doesn't even notice, or I've worn them down so much, they're exhausted battling me, so I really only get punished every so once in a while. I can live with that. Do you know what a teen who gets their phone taken away for two weeks is thinking about most during those two weeks? Yep, you. Every day, day after day, what a mean and nasty parent you are, who just doesn't understand them. One dad took away his teen's phone after he broke curfew that was set. The dad took it away for a week. His son was a basketball player, and it turned out that his coach and teammates always sent texts to each other about practices and such. Well, his son missed several important practices and meetings. Do you know who he blamed? Yep, dad. Now, this whole situation was really tricky because the real issue that started it all was about a curfew But the battle was being fought over the phone. Oh my gosh, what a conundrum. The son was so mad at dad that he didn't even try to figure out another way with his friends to get notified of his commitments. So what do we do? We have to attack these problems on two fronts. One, we can't just let the problems pass if we decide that something like riding a bike with a helmet is a must, then every time your kid gets on a bike without one, You need to take the time to recognize it and deal with it. You start with empathy and love. Oh my, this is so sad. In our house, we only ride bikes when we have helmets. Please get off your bike and put it away. We'll deal with this later. Your child most likely won't be that thrilled to be getting off their bike, and their brain might be emotionally activated, maybe have a tantrum or so. You need to not engage with them when their brain isn't working right. That's where the delaying the consequences come in. If your child does have a tantrum, please listen to my podcast number six on handling tantrums if you need some help there. But the key here is staying calm, no yelling, and no getting dragged into the battle. Next, once you've waited for the emotion to pass, you need to meet up with that child to have them help put peace and harmony back into your life. Your energy was just drained, wasn't it? Having to deal with disobedience really gets us, and the amount of frustration and the time taken away from us doing other, more productive things with our time is the problem your child needs to solve. Traditionally, we punish then let our kids off the hook as if their behavior only impacted them. That's where we need to tighten up this process. Their behavior affected many people, but for sure affected us. For those of you who've come to Love & Logic parenting classes, this is called energy drain. They have some awesome resources for this, which I'll refer to in the show notes. I want to tell you a story of a parent 
who learned this technique and how powerful it can be. Here's what a mom wrote to me. I picked up my kids from school at 12.30 after our love and logic session yesterday. My nine-year-old son was not in a good mood, and I knew from experience from every early dismissal day that he was very hungry. He was not in a good mood to be nice to me or his sister. By the time we got home, they got in a fight over the leftover food in the fridge, and my son started yelling at his sister and left the kitchen in anger. On his way to his room, he bumped into me to show his frustration. I gave it a couple of minutes until he came back, and I said to both my kids very softly, Oh, you know what? This is such an energy drain for me. Yelling, screaming, and disrespectful treatment gets so much of my energy that I may not have enough left to help you later with your things or driving you around this afternoon, unless we find a way to put some positive energy back in mommy. My son did not take me seriously, but my daughter knew I was serious. Very quickly, she managed to divide up the leftover food for both of them and called her brother for lunch and then went out of her way to make everything right. And I thought to myself, one check, one more to go. Half an hour later, when my son asked about his baseball practice, he realized that I was serious about not taking him. Then he started crying, guilting me that no mom would do that, etc. I just told him, I know. A few I knows later, he calmed and realized that his tactic was not going to work. He asked about how he could possibly fix the energy drain. I said I can give him some ideas. Of course, any of my suggestions were too much for him, followed by another guilt trip from him and I knows from me. Eventually, I left the room to do something, and when I came back 15 minutes later, I found him folding laundry. I was about to fall on the floor. I thanked him and told him that was very helpful. He was not happy, but he was doing the work. It was funny that he said, you're making me work for you, and I thought people are not allowed to have slaves anymore. I told him very gently that I wish I had unlimited energy. But the reality is I don't. You being helpful gives me energy to help you later. It was interesting that our conversation eventually changed directions, and he suggested that I go lay down in bed to gain energy faster while he did the laundry. I was amazed to see that not only did he end up doing the work, but he actually was showing concern for me. This mom had only just learned about energy drains, and she pulled it off to perfection. She was calm and loving and firm at the same time. She let her kids know that their decision to have bad behavior caused problems in a way that impacted her, and that impact was important to make right. She used the lever, the leverage of her kids needing her time later on to get them to comply. For you, it might be that you don't have energy to read books at bedtime or to make dinner. If we train our kids to look at how they impact others around them, they will be forced to see others, and this creates empathy. Many parents wonder if their kids have empathy for others since they seem so self-centered. It's using things like energy drain that will grow their hearts and have long-term effects on their character. In order to help um, parents come up with ideas about what types of chores or services can be used um, to get our kids to put energy back in us, I have a link that I will put in my podcast notes of energy drain ideas that's on my website. 
and the list applies to families of kids with all ages, and you just pick the things that are appropriate for the ages of your children. For example, a three-year-old can vacuum or even put just put lotion on your hands, especially with COVID, it might be helpful. Um, but a teenager might scrub out the, the those outside garbage bins that are so disgusting. Um, or you could have them paint a fence or something like that, or they could vacuum. But they are supposed to be doing things that they don't normally do. Um, my teenage son once had to clean the gutters. I was so drained. I hope you've enjoyed learning about how using consequences instead of punishments might make your daily challenges with your kids go a bit easier. I encourage you to use natural consequences whenever possible, but remember that using energy drains when things are going badly are a way of training our kids that what they do impacts others around them in ways that they need to make right again. All this will help you change their hearts for a lifetime. Speaking of helping others, each of you could really help me out. Podcasting is new for me, and I'd really appreciate you sharing this with your friends and maybe even leaving me a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm also expanding to be on Pinterest in addition to Instagram. If you can follow me on those platforms, that would be really helpful as well. Just look for Parenting Decoded. That's all for now. Take care and be safe. Have a blessed rest of your day.